Today on the newscast, Ukraine blasts Israel for a supposed pro-Russia stance. How is Jerusalem responding and are tensions between Israel and Ukraine increasing? Get all the breaking details next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. I'm coming to you from the beach. As you can tell, I'm not in the usual Watchman studio. I'm on vacation this week, taking a few days at the beach with the family. Don't worry, everyone's still asleep now. I got to you just before everyone wakes up and we'll head to the beach shortly, but I had to bring you an update on a very important story that the mainstream media has virtually ignored and that really got lost in the shuffle over the past few days in the midst of the Russian rebellion. Ukraine and Israel, some tension there, some signs of serious tension, at least in the diplomatic realm, of course. We're going to break that down today, what Ukraine is accusing Israel of and how Israel is responding. Israel is none too happy over these accusations, folks. Uh, before I get into it, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the Watchman News channel right here on YouTube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. The news is happening so fast and furious out of the Middle East and around the world that you don't want to miss a single daily commentary here on the Watchman News channel. By the way, I'm just kind of down and dirty today coming to you from my phone. You've got some background noise here, some air conditioners as well since we are near the beach. But you're not here for the bells and whistles. You are here for the content. So let's dig into it. Ukraine's embassy to Israel uh, yesterday with a fierce volley directed at the Israeli government accusing Israel of not being neutral in the Ukraine-Russia war, but taking, quote, a pro-Russia position. Not only that, the Ukrainian embassy, uh, no doubt with the blessing of Kiev and of the Zelensky government, went on to call the visit to Ukraine back in February by Israel's foreign minister, Eli Cohen, quote, fruitless, and then accused Benjamin Netanyahu and other Israeli officials of engaging in, quote, verbal demagoguery as they explained why they cannot supply weapons to Ukraine for use in the war with Russia. Folks, a lot to unpack here. Uh, so let's dig into it, including the Israeli response we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but number one, the claims of a pro-Russia position of verbal demagoguery by Bibi and other Israeli officials. Let's unpack that real quick. Uh, number one, Netanyahu gave an interview last week in which he was very clear, a common sense position saying, look, Israel is in a different situation than France or Germany or the United States when it comes to Ukraine and supporting Ukraine in that Russia is at our doorstep in Syria. We've discussed this, folks, many times from the newscast. We've laid this out. Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, this is where Israel is coming from. They say, look, Russia is at our doorstep in Syria. We need freedom of movement to strike Iran and Hezbollah and their various jihadi allies in Syria. That is an existential threat to the Jewish state to allow Iran to acquire uh, advanced weapons or to transit advanced weapons through Syria like precision guided missiles and to establish a forward base on the Syria-Israel border. It's a non-starter for Israel. So Israel has carried out hundreds of airstrikes 
against Iran and its allies in Syria over the past several years under the watchful eye of Russia. Remember, thousands of Russian troops are in Syria right now at Israel's doorstep, and guess what? They are closely aligned with Iran and Hezbollah. So Israel has walked this tightrope ever since the Russia-Ukraine war broke out, and even before that, walking a tightrope with Russia. That's why you've seen Netanyahu visit Moscow so many times in the past few years and meet one-on-one -on -one with, with Vladimir Putin, trying to solidify what they call the de-confliction mechanism between Israel and Russia. Whereas Israel says, look, we're coming in, we're going to carry out airstrikes against Iran and Hezbollah in Syria. They give Russia fair warning, and Russia says, okay, we'll stand aside. De-confliction to make sure that there's not some sort of unintentional conflict between Russia and Israel over the skies of Syria. Israel obviously wants to maintain that situation, uh, wants to keep things uh, at least, if not tense, at least civil with Russia, again, to maintain freedom of movement. And Netanyahu said exactly that last week in this interview that Ukraine was outraged about. We need to maintain freedom of movement in Syria. What if, worst case scenario, Russia tries to enforce a no-fly zone over Syria? They say, as we've discussed here in the newscast, we've posited this over the weeks, folks, and over the months, that a day is coming, I believe, where Russia may very well say to Israel, no more, we will no longer permit Israeli airstrikes in Syria against our good friend and ally, Iran. Hey, Russia and Iran have this formal military alliance now, more on that in a minute, and Russia says, no fly zone, no more Israeli fighter jets uh, coming into the skies of Syria and carrying out these airstrikes. All that said, Israel wants to avoid that kind of situation and avoid getting into some sort of conflict with Russia. Now, I don't think this is too hard to understand. And Netanyahu again said last week, look, he essentially said to Ukraine, you've got Britain, France, Germany, the United States, you've got the entire European Union, you've got all of NATO behind you, and Ukraine, and yet Ukraine continues to push and push Israel, demanding Israeli, Israel has already supported Ukraine, by the way, in several ways. Number one, at least $22 million in humanitarian aid to Ukraine, and more coming. Number two, Israel is planning to supply early warning systems to Ukraine as well uh, for use in the conflict with Russia. So, look, Israel also, perhaps most importantly, has gone to bat for Ukraine in international forums, including at the UN, and has condemned Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And yet Ukraine continues to push and push and demand more overt Israeli support, in particular, folks, Israeli military aid to Ukraine. Netanyahu said last week during that interview that I mentioned, he said, hey, look, if we send, say, Iron Dome and advanced Israeli weaponry and technology to Ukraine, what if it falls into the wrong hands? Meaning Russia, meaning Russia giving it to the Iranian regime, sharing this captured Israeli technology with Iran and the likes of Israel's enemies. So Israel, understandably, I believe, is very, very cautious on that end as well. And Ukraine essentially responded and called that a ridiculous claim. Uh, to me, uh, the tension, it's not to the level of Russia-Israel tension, which has really risen, as we've documented here in the newscast over the past several months. 
But Ukraine and Israel, this diplomatic back and forth, I, I'm not sure what Ukraine is getting at here. They've got, again, all of NATO, all of EU, the United States behind them. Why continue to pressure and prod Israel? And by the way, Israeli officials are also concerned that over one million Russian-speaking natives live in Israel right now. So again, Israel is walking a tightrope here, but it's Israel can't win either way, folks, it seems, right? If they come out more fully in support of Ukraine, go all in, supply Iron Dome or supply other advanced technology, that infuriates Russia, and Russia perhaps causes real problems for Israel in Syria. Uh, on the flip side, if Israel stays neutral, uh, Ukraine is furious about it and, and slams Israel before the eyes of the world. And if Israel uh, even meets with Russian officials just to try and maintain contact there and maintain civil relations, at least, Ukraine blasts Israel as well. On the flip side, if Isra Israeli officials meet with Ukrainian officials, that angers Russia. Folks, Israel is in a no-win situation here, it seems. And, and ultimately, who knows what's going to happen with Israel and Ukraine. But ultimately, we know the prophetic implications of Israel and Russia. Eventually, I believe a great betrayal is in the works where Russia will turn against Israel in, in a major way, in a prophetic way, as laid out in the War of Gog and Magog, which is described in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39. That day is coming. We see the seeds planted for it now. At the end of the day, Russia is aligned with Israel's greatest enemy, Iran, a force that wants to wipe Israel off the map. So I don't see how the Israel-Russia relationship can, in the long run, survive the Russian-Iran alliance. That's exactly what it is. A lot going on down here from the beach. Uh, and we didn't even get into the rebellion this week, the Wagner group and all the fallout there. More on that coming this week as well. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.